Welcome to Tice Talks with Pastor David Tice. Today's episode, episode number 33, is a little bit different than some of our regular episodes. Uh, recently, uh, Pastor Tice had the opportunity to sit down with missionary Bradley Edmondson, who runs Medical Missions Outreach. Today, they'll be discussing the Edmondson's testimony, as well as effectively reaching the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today's episode is the first in a two-part series. Uh, episode 34 will continue pastor's conversation with Bradley Edmondson. We hope today's episode is a blessing and encouragement to you. And without further ado, here's Pastor Tice. I'm so glad you're joining us today. We are excited to have with us uh, a special guest. Uh, Brad Edmondson is uh, with us. He is the director, uh, founder of um, Medical Missions Outreach. It is a outreach that has traveled, they've traveled around the world. How, how long have you been doing this? For 16 years now. 16 years. Yes, sir. And uh, you went to school with Matt, is that right? Yes, sir. Matt and Josh both. And, oh, man, how did you survive? I, I know, barely, yeah. barely. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brad, uh, tell us a little bit about your family and tell us a little bit about, about your ministry. Sure. Uh, so, my wife and I have been married, we'll be married 19 years on October the 13th, and we have four children. Uh, so, my wife, Kelly, and then four children, Noah, Jude, Lulu, and Ruby. So, I have two 14-year-old boys, a 12-year-old daughter, and a 9-year-old daughter. And so, uh, we live in the Baltimore, uh, Maryland area now. We uh, are blessed to be able to be a part of Medical Missions Outreach. And, and like I said, 16 years now, this is really all our kids have ever known uh, that God's called us to do this ministry. And we absolutely love the opportunity to serve this way. Okay. Tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about your background. Tell us about your wife's background. Did you grow up in ministry? Did you... Uh, when were you saved? Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So I was born and raised in Alabama. We lived right on the Chattahoochee River. So you'd oh, have to go. Chattahoochee the River. Chattahoochee River. That sounds like it's from Alabama. That's right. That's right. So you'd have to cross the river to go to our church and school that I grew up in in Columbus, Georgia. Uh, but my, my mom was a Christian school teacher and my dad worked as a civil servant for the government. And so I did not grow up in a home where my father was in ministry, but my mom was as a Christian school teacher. Now, now did your dad do some of those top secret things? Like if, he, if you found out what they were, he'd, he'd have to kill you? No, sir. He no. was an energy plant operator. Oh, okay. So right. Right. it was a simple one on an army base we, there. We have several people in, in our, that go to our church. They tell me, they can't tell me what they do because then they'd have to kill well, me. Well, I talk too much, so my dad never would have survived in that job. <laughs> I, so I would have got him in trouble. Okay. Uh, but So at a very early age, when I was five years old, uh, we had an evangelist that stopped through our church every year. His name was Dolphus Price, and he would preach for a week-long revival service. And I clearly remember as a five-year-old boy when the invitation time came and he was talking about knowing where you would spend eternity. Uh, I had heard it so many times having grown up in church, but that night it just hit me different that uh, I needed to really get this settled. What, what would happen to me? And uh, I remember grabbing my dad's hand, and you'd have to know my dad. My dad is a gigantic man. I mean, he's, he's, he's broken his back. He broke his back in Vietnam. He's had six major back operations. So he's always done everything upper body, just a very strong man. And he's got one of those hands that's like a potato with five cucumbers attached to it. You know, he's like a big old fellow. And I remember grabbing his hand and him looking at me. I said, Daddy, I want to know that I am going to heaven. I want to know for sure. And so my father went forward with me and he opened his Bible right there on the front pew at the church service. And he showed me and he showed me verses that we had talked about in family devotions and things that I had heard at church. 
and uh, that night I prayed to receive Christ as my Savior. Well, that's wonderful. Yes, what sir. A, your dad got to lead you to the Lord. Yes, I think sir. that is so thrilling. Yes, sir. Tell me about Kelly. What about her? Uh, so Kelly, complete opposite end of the spectrum. My wife was born in New York, uh, but her whole childhood was basically spent in the Boston, Massachusetts area. And uh, she was born into the home of uh, her mom and her mom and dad were both Catholic. They were raised Catholic, oh. uh, went to the parochial schools, Jesuit college. My father-in-law was an altar boy, the whole nine yards. I mean, they were just, uh, but, but once they began having children, to be honest with you, they just became disenfranchised by the church. Just the things that they saw that just didn't, didn't make sense that, you know, teachings and practice were not making sense. And, uh, they knew that something was missing. And to be honest, my father-in-law just kind of dropped out. He just quit going to church. Uh, but my mother-in-law met a man one day who had come to their community to plant a church. He had moved from Michigan to Boston to start a church. And so he invited her to a Bible study. I think she ran into him a couple of times and he kept inviting her. And so she finally just told my father-in-law, I'm going to go to get this guy off my back. I'll go to their Bible study and we'll just go the one time and then we won't go back anymore. And so she went and took my wife and my two brother-in-laws with her. And uh, my wife tells me she remembers clearly being there and the pastor's wife sharing the gospel with her and her siblings. And she just said it was like a light bulb came on, that that was something she wanted in her life. And uh, she ended up trusting Christ. My mother-in-law trusted Christ. um, And then it took, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was two to three years before my father-in-law would trust Christ. And if you talk to him today, he would just tell you it was a pride thing. He he didn't want to admit that he was wrong or, or that his whole life, you know, those things were wrong. Uh, but it's so hard sometimes to reach religious people. Religious is. people are the toughest because yes, they've already they've already got it together, and now you're telling them, no, you're a sinner and you deserve to go to hell like everybody else. That's right. That's hard to swallow. It is. It is. And so uh, a blessing. They're extremely involved in their church now. My father-in-law and my mother-in-law both teach Sunday school classes. They're very involved in just the activities of the church. And uh, I couldn't be more blessed with the in-laws that I have and the parents I have. Uh, we, we're, we're very blessed with a very close family and a family that's very strong in our faith as we try to rear our children, their grandchildren, to serve God as well. That's so great. That's a wonderful testimony. And so uh, Kelly's brother's serving the Lord then too? She has a brother that lives in the Knoxville area. Uh, he's married with several children. Uh, two of them just got married, and they, they are just, it's a thrill to watch them. And then she still has a single brother, uh, and he lives in the Boston area okay. still. Okay, all yes, right, sir. so we need to be praying for him. Huh? That's right. <laughs> it's, that, I think it's so encouraging. So many times uh, we, take, we talk about family, and people ask me, uh, what if I didn't start off our family the way you started off your family, and can a, can a family that... Uh, didn't start off as Christians. Can they can they have the blessings of God? And you see a testimony here of how God worked in too. A family that 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 he was raised in a Christian home uh, from from day one, and another family that through the preaching of the gospel got saved and and uh, and God used them. And I think that's just wonderful. Thank you for that testimony. Thank you for for. So how did you feel? When did you feel called into the ministry? Um, at, at an early age, I feel like um, our, our youth group at our church was very focused on trying to uh, encourage the young people to consider full-time ministry. Uh, a great youth pastor that just was a, a regular challenge, especially to the, the men, the, the boys of our youth group, really 
getting them to think and consider a full a life fully devoted to ministering and serving God. And so early on, I, I know it was planted in my heart and I began to pray about it. And I know I surrendered uh, around the ninth grade age, uh, you know, to say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Uh, but it wasn't until I took a mission trip to the Dominican Republic as a teenager that who I saw you, who it. Who did you go see in the Dominican I was with a guy named Doug Hodges, Okay, um, another very close friend of our family. He actually was sent out of the church I grew up in. What church is that? Uh, Grace Baptist Church in Columbus, Georgia. Okay. And so he had been sent out of there, planted a church, and we went and ministered with him for the week. And because he knew my family, I think there was a little bit of a closer connection as he would, you know, kind of tell me to do extra stuff and, you know, kind of put his arm around me and try to mentor me a little bit more on the trip. And my heart just really became burdened for people of a different culture. And so I came home and, you know, I kept saying, you know, is this what you want me to do, Lord? And, and to be honest with you, I didn't know. When I went to college, I surrendered to study pastoral ministries and missions and just thought, you know, Lord, wherever you'll send me, whatever you want me to do, uh, I, I'll be willing to do it. My wife, on the other hand, felt at a very young age, she knew she was called to missions. Uh, and her whole teenage years and into college, uh, she focused solely on if a, if a young man wanted to ask her on a date, it was simply, you know, do you feel called into the ministry? Do you think you may go into missions? That Ooh. was a very strong prerequisite for her. Well, good. She'll uh, keep you straight. That's for sure. That's, that's for sure. Good. And when we, when we did meet and we started to date, uh, you know, I told her up front, I'm not 100% sure where God's going to send me, but I'm open to go and to serve and to do anything. And, it's uh, a good thing because you're doing everything all over the place. So. <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, it, it re uh, initially, God's direction for our life after graduation, um, I ended up moving back to Alabama and um, was unsure exactly what ministry, several ministries. Uh, I had uh, opportunities, never had a piece about it, and uh, we were still engaged. We had not gotten married yet. And a church called me out of the blue and just said, hey, um, we were wondering if you would come candidate to be our pastor. And I said, absolutely not. I just graduated from college a month ago. I'm not interested. I don't have the experience. And um, the gentleman said, well, would you at least consider coming down and filling the pulpit for us? And I said, absolutely. I, I could use the experience. I would love to, especially while you're looking for someone. It was about an hour southwest of where I grew up. And so I started driving every weekend down there and just filling the pulpit. And uh, my pastor at the time, his name is Jeff Amsbaugh. Um, oh, he, Jeff is your pastor? He, yes, sir. And oh. he, he is a, a close mentor of mine. And uh, he really encouraged me to continue going down, going down. And one day the deacon just said, why won't you be our pastor? And I, and I just told him, I said, you know, I'm, I, this is not me. I, I, I'm not the man. And he said, would you at least pray about it? And I remember asking Pastor Amsbaugh, and he said, Bradley, I, I think you are prepared. I think you should go down. And uh, he led, sure he wasn't just trying to get rid of me. He you. probably was trying to get rid of me. I'm sure that's <laughs> definitely what it was. Uh, he led the ordination council for me, and uh, they sent me down, and uh, I was called to, to pastor the church. And for five years, my wife and I served uh, there as a, the pastor of the church. And that's actually where God started medical missions outreach while we were in ministry there. Okay. Yes, sir. Well, I didn't know that. I'm glad, I'm glad you're telling me all this. So... Um, uh, Tell us this, so Medical Missions Outreach, you travel around around the world, so, yes, and you're gone a lot. So tell us how this, how, how does it, uh, how about your schedule personally? How does that, uh, how's, what is your personal schedule and what, how, does, how does it affect your relationship with your family? Sure, 
So I think first and foremost, I'm blessed with an incredibly strong wife. Um, this was one of those callings on our life where it was so evident, so clear. God was using both of our callings in life, her as a medical professional, me as a, a pastor. Uh, he was merging those callings to start this ministry where it would rely on both of us working together in so order for this to happen. She took nursing in school. She did, and then she furthered her education and became a nurse practitioner. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. All right. Um, and so God was using both of those callings to, to, in order for this to even be something that could come to fruition. Um, and so when we first started the ministry, we had no children. Um, we, the first five years of our marriage, we had decided we wanted to wait to have children just to get to know each other better and to just, you know, um, really continue following God's plan for our life. And so we began the ministry and it was the two of us. And we originally only thought it was going to be one trip a year. We had no idea how God was going to grow it. So you were doing this as the pastor of that church? Yes, sir. But it became clear within the first year and a half that it was going to grow way faster than that. And so we resigned, the, I resigned from the pastorate and we immediately began having more people contacting us. Hey, can you come work with us over here in this country? And hey, can I come serve with you in these countries? And so it began to grow. Um, now my personal schedule now, um, you know, post COVID, pre COVID, however you want to yeah. say it, um, is usually um, January through April. I'm gone maybe three weeks out of those months to a foreign country serving with a mission team. So three weeks in January in your home a week. Three weeks. No, no, no. So all the way through April, January through April, it's about 30 days total oh, that I'm okay. gone. Okay. 30 days total that I would be gone. Um, so I, I said three weeks, three 10 day trips within that time okay, frame. So an, a, a trip is about 10 days. Yes, sir. So the rest of the time I'm home. Um, but then once May hits, May through August, it's usually two 10-day trips a month for uh -huh. that course. So it is challenging, there's no doubt. And then in between a lot of this, I am traveling to churches uh, to raise support. I am traveling to colleges to recruit people, uh, to speak at a hospital here or a, a social gathering for communities in other areas to tell them about what we're doing. So what we've, what we've really worked hard to do, um, I have no hobbies, really. I mean, okay. the, my hobby is my family. But yeah, I tell people, for me, ministry is my hobby. This yes, is, sir. What do you do for fun? I win people to Jesus. Right. I talk to people about Christ. That's what I like to do. Exactly. No. I'm a little older now, and now, now I, we like to go out in the desert, my wife and I. That's just fun stuff that we do together. But yes, sir. our life is, is ministry. Ministry yes, is life, and life is ministry. Right. Um, when I'm home, I'm home. Uh, I, don't, you know, I don't get involved in a ton of things. When I'm home, I want to spend time with my family. And so I do keep office hours. It's usually during school hours for my children. And that way, as soon as they're home, I'm home. And I can be home and I love to cook. I usually cook four days out of the week to help give my wife a break. I enjoy cooking. I enjoy just the different activities that we do with our children. And so for my kids, this is all they've ever known. And they're very used to the schedule of travel. But what we've tried to do to also keep them engaged is my children travel with me internationally at least once a year at a minimum. My family's gonna go on one of the missions trips with me and my kids all have specific functions that they fulfill in the good. clinic setting so that they so see good. it and they work in it. Uh, but then I also take one child, just me and one child alone on a trip every year as well. And so that's always a big exciting thing about them picking what country that they're gonna go to. And it's a week, my kids all call me Poppy. And so it's, you know, what trip are you gonna go with Poppy? You look at the calendar, which one really excites you and interests you. 
and um, and then my wife travels at least at least four trips a year she's definitely with me uh, I usually try to push her to about six trips a year but that can be difficult with our family uh, but uh, it, it's just the way God has allowed us to balance that and and we really have a very close-knit family we do we, we love it my next question is this tell us what a typical short-term missions trip is like for those interested in joining Sure. So uh, depending on what part of the world they want to go to us with, uh, they, they may leave on a Thursday or Friday, uh, the, the travel schedule. Um, and let me back up a little bit more. When a person goes to our website and they begin praying about what country they want to join, they're going to apply for it there. Uh, our, our offices are extremely communicative with all of our team members. Uh, tons of emails. We send out lots of videos to prep them. Uh, different things that we use social media with to get them excited and engaged for this mission trip. But then they're going to leave and go either on a Friday to Central America or they may leave on a Thursday to go to Africa or Asia. So that first day is all travel. Uh, the next morning once we get there, uh, if you're in Africa with us, say uh, we leave on a Thursday, you're not going to get there till Friday evening usually because of the time changes. Uh, we'll get some good rest Saturday morning. Uh, we'll get up, we'll do some team orientation with everyone there together. Uh, we love to try to find like a marketplace where we can go down and find a large crowd of folks and we'll pass out some information about the clinic, inviting everyone to a free clinic hosted by the visiting medical team. So that's the evangelism part on your part. I mean, right. You're, yes, really, you're going out there and you're handing out Absolutely. In, in a language you don't even know. Exactly. They're just seeing this white guy pass yeah, out. Exactly. Stuff, right? and, and they'll see a team. A lot of us wear scrubs or the T-shirts that have the medical you know, jargon on okay. there. And so they see it and it That's, just really is something that sticks out. And so we're passing out the flyers, gets everyone excited about it. Uh, usually on Saturday afternoon, we'll have a small clinic where we'll treat all the church people because we're partnering with that church and we're gonna ask those people to come work alongside us every day of the week. And so they'll come in, uh, they'll go get their glasses, see the medical team, whatever it may be, the dentist. Uh, and it also gives our team kind of a dry run to get started in this before the real crowds hit. And it's always a great opportunity too for the church people to feel loved and cared for um, before they feel like anything's gonna run out or they have to wait till the end of the week. Uh, Sunday we'll go to church services. We enjoy worshiping with people. I mean, that's just one of the most beautiful parts about what we do, worshiping with the other churches. Uh, Sunday afternoon we'll do a little bit more training and preparation. Uh, then Monday through Thursday is just nonstop clinic. It's usually sun up to sundown. And so we get up in the morning early, we'll have breakfast as a team, and then we have devotions as a team and prayer time, and then we really just hit the ground running. Uh, and that'll last us, like I say, Monday through Thursday. Friday is a day off. We try to go see something fun, do something exciting oh, that's, that's in the good. community. I hate to take somebody around the world and them not experience God's oh, creation. I remember, I remember, uh, remember Charity and Neil went to, uh, we're in, in Africa. Tanzania. Yeah, yes, and uh, they went on a, jungle you gotta safari. go on a safari with yes. us yes sir yes sir so we'll do that fun day and then saturday is travel day we try to have everybody back home where they live on saturday night so that sunday morning they can go to their church and just share with everybody what happened the week before while it's still fresh on their mind and and really exciting okay well that's great
That is great. Maybe you would like to join the Edmondsons or Liberty Baptist Church on one of our future trips with Medical Missions Outreach. If so, you can contact our missions pastor, Pastor Neil Berkey, at 702-647-4522. In our next episode, episode 34, we will continue Pastor's Conversation uh, with Bradley Edmondson, and you can learn more about their ministry in the meantime by visiting medical-outreach.com. So it's www.medical-outreach.com. And even even if you aren't sure you want to go, you should still go check out their website because it is literally one of the coolest websites I have ever seen. It is just, it's that cool. Got to check it out. Medical-outreach.com. If you're interested in joining us for a trip, again, Pastor Neil Berkey, you can reach him at 702-647-4522. We hope you'll join us again next time as we continue this conversation with Bradley Edmondson on the Tice Talks, episode 34.